Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Cece. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam and then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Next Generation. I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are, whatever time it is, because we have a unique episode today. Rather than taking you to a winery, we are taking you to Verona's bar scene with Raffaele Bellomi, the co-owner of Amaro in Archivio, two wonderful, wonderful uh, bars in Verona, where you can fulfill all your spritz dreams. Uh, that's not what we did. We had a very serious conversation about the future of wine drinking and drinking in general with young people, which I'm very excited to share with you. Before we do that, some facts on a special grape baby from the Verona area, more particularly the Valpolicella area, which is just outside of Verona. You might know Valpolicella because it has very famous wines, of course, most notably Amarone, which is where I come from, is super famous in New Jersey. Of course, there are very specific grapes that make up the wines of Valpolicella. Today, we're going to talk about Corvinone, which is just a 411. All my facts are coming from the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 book, which uh, you can have yourself and become the grape expert, the Italian grape expert, or you could just listen to me or both. Corvinone. Um, like I said, its name is for big Corvina, Corvina being a raven, but it actually doesn't have a genetic relationship with Corvina grape, even though many people thought it did for a very long time. The name Corvinone actually is a reference to how big the bunches are of this grape. The grape is virtually always blended with Corvina in the red wines produced in the Valpolicella region, with up to 50% of Corvinone permitted in Valpolicella, Ricciotto, and Amarone. It is also found in the red wines of Bardolino. So Corvinone may be lesser known than Corvina, but it's just as important. When it comes to its character, we're going to see that it has a deep ruby color, which is no surprise because it's very dark skins. Corvinone is known for its intense cherry flavor, its high tannins, which is a reason that it's a great blending partner with Corvina because it gives great body and structure to wines. Corvinone's uneven ripening among the bunches can make it create harsher wines that have a bit of a vegetal flavor if the berries are not handled properly. And it's always fermented till dry, and it's rarely a monovarietal wine. So you're never going to really find Corvinone alone. You're going to have to try it in one of Valpolicella's famous wines, which isn't a bad thing. It works with Corvina beautifully. So without further ado, let's move 
out of the hills of Alpolicella into the bars of Verona with Raffaele. Welcome, we're at Vinitaly. We're taking a little bit of a turn today. Instead of being at a wine stand, we are at a bar stand of sorts with Raffaele. Ciao a tutti. So it's nice to meet you here at Vinitaly. Great to meet you for the first time. <laughs> okay, yeah, obviously no. Raffaele being living in Verona, there's no other place you'd rather be than Amaro Archivio. And at some point you're going to run into the, the jolliest man in Verona, as I like to say, it is Raffaele. <laughs> <laughs> what you are did you well, hear that laugh thank you thank you thank you appreciate that that's that's actually a compliment absolutely to bring in the wine because we're going to talk about something in wine Raffaele has his own vermouth company and for all of you guys who don't know what vermouth is what is vermouth vermouth is basically aromatized and fortified wine so tell us a little bit about your vermouth our vermouth is a very whiny let's say vermouth made in asti by quaglia we call it a Mediterranean vermouth, so it's Turin style, but with quite distinctive Mediterranean vibe. So fresh thyme, fresh herbs, chamomile. We wanted to create something that would be able to serve on its own, but also something that would be great in cocktails. Americano, Negroni, Negroni Sbagliato, mm. and a lot. And we came up with this like seven years ago, and it's going strong, so we're happy. It's going strong, and it is strong. Um, exactly. Sorry, my puns will never die. Uh, it's true. You know that. He's laughing because I obviously go to Amaro and I just go there to annoy Raffaele all the time. But it's worth it because he's an amazing bartender. He's an amazing person. And um, so let's talk a little bit about drinking culture in Verona. So as you probably know because you're being interviewed on this podcast it's the next generation and we're talking about okay you know the future of italian wine and, and italian drinking you know Ooh, that's uh it's a big one it's a big uh, one it's a long uh, conversation man. oh yes oh yeah but i'm not going to make you go down the rabbit hole only just like dip your foot in but on that note let's scale it down we're going into verona how do you see the new generations well it's uh it's a little bit different nowadays i i never know if it's after COVID, something changed, or if it's because new generation are very different. There's a big difference in how people approach the bar from, I wouldn't say my generation to another, but like, you know, like at 20 years old now, goes to the bar and behaves in a very, in a totally different way than what I would have done when I was 20. Uh, once again, I don't know if it's because COVID happened, but people are drinking slightly less. They're going more for the experience, I feel. So it's more, uh, an all-around experience that they, they, they want to have into the bar. So from the design to the music, uh, the quality as well. They do look for quality, but not necessarily. It uh, has to be the whole package, I think, that they look for. Values are different, you know, from back then to now. And you can see that in our customer. I agree. I think, like, it, how you market exactly the package. It's like the whole label deal, right? And it's like the label, it's obviously a cool label is one thing, but it, it's, it's such a symbol yeah. of how people reach for drinks now, not just wine. Why do you think that wine, Italian wine, should be sexy again to young people? Well, I, I think that Italian wine is on the right track to be sexy again. It's always I, been sexy. I, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I think that I see many, many places around Italy where they do, like, cool concept, uh, you know, like, cool wine bar, all natural, uh, uh, DJ set. Uh, and it looks like what was the bar when I was younger where people would drink, like, gin tonics and Americanos. Instead, now there's Lingin bottles of wine, of cool natty wine and stuff like that. So I think that it's moving in that trend. And young people are buying into it. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's working well. Then I don't know 
what they would have to change or if they would have to get better. It's not for me to say. I'm, I just drink wine. I don't do it. So. And you talk like you're ancient, but you're not that old. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm not ancient, but it's been like 20, this is my 24th year of working behind the bar. So my, 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 my bar career is older than some of my customers. But do you drink wine still, like a lot of wine? I, I absolutely do. I do drink a lot. Not a lot, you know, like a decent amount of wine. Okay, what is a Veronese's perspective on quantity of wine? Like, what's a decent amount of wine? A decent amount of wine uh, for some might be few glasses per day. I am actually not drinking that much. I try to be as good as I can. But, uh, you know, working in a bar, uh, if I have a new wine coming in, I will definitely taste it. I will open it. I will drink it with the guys. I never drink by myself. I'm always surrounded by people as well. <laughs> that's your excuse. You're like, are there people around I can drink now? <laughs> yeah, that's it. there's always people around me. So No, but you do bring up a really good point about wine is that like if you're placed with a wine in front of you, it's kind of like food, right? And especially in Italian culture, yeah. you're not going to turn it down. No. Like you're going to drink it. Yeah. You're going to find a way to enjoy it. Absolutely. And you're going to try to share it the best you can. Absolutely. That's down. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big thing. And it kind of goes back to what you're saying about the, the youth. It's like they're going to be drinking if it's in that, that experiential moment where there's something they all can share. Whether it's the cool hats they're wearing. Uh, to everyone, I absolutely hate those bucket hats. I'm probably going to lose a lot of followers for saying that. I think they're so dumb. Thank you. Thank you agree you. with me? hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy we 100%. can detour this conversation. I remember wearing it when I was 16, and it was not cool at all. <laughs> You're talking about bucket hats, and we need to talk about wine and Vinitaly. <laughs> but they go together because a lot of people with bucket hats drink wine. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We call it in a dialect here in Verona, Capel da Ua. Capel da Ua. Which means it's the, it's the hat that you wear when you go for the Vendemia and stuff like that. Hat, hat for grapes. Hat for grapes. Oh, I love that. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. I think that's going to be the next merch for your uh, vermouth. Volume Primo. And where did that come from? Uh, Volume Primo comes from the idea that, uh, well, it's difficult to see, but the label actually, it's, um, it used to be a vinyl that we turn and, uh, and, and did a few tweaks. And, uh, and, and so we always uh, thought there was a big connection between music and what we do. You know, my business partner is a very skillful musician as well. Really? Tommaso, yeah, absolutely. Have you ever heard him playing guitar? No. No, it's like a siren. You would fall in love with him. Instantly. I would love to jam with him. You should. You should. Yeah, just bring a guitar over, right? Now, so off topic. Again, they, Kim Wine is also correlated. Yes. If you've been following this podcast, you know that. Yes, no, it's, it's yeah, musical wine, absolutely. So we, we have the strong connection between music and our products. And, and so we wanted to take it. And Volume Primo stands like, you know, Volume Primo, first volume of a selection of mm-hmm. something. Because our idea is to develop more and more and more recipes, mm-hmm. which we are they're on the way right now but turns out that this one took us a long time mm-hmm. and uh stands a good volume primo we're not gonna have a volume secondo uh so it's a volume primo on its own then there will be other products that's what they always say they always say this is the only one and then the sequel comes <laughs> right now, the sequel always comes we're, we're lucky enough that we didn't have a sequel well, i'm happy the first installment is going well so do you want to tell me your favorite um cocktail to make with your volume primo. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, it's Aida Mescal Negroni. 
which I do love, or uh, just an Americano. Uh, always, always Americano. I love ooh, Mezcal Negroni. They're great. They're great. Um, and then to deviate more to the wine side of things, yeah. are there any producers that you love? In Melona? Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. There's a, a lot, but are there anything, any like small producers you want to share? So, Filippi, the Soave region. I love uh, a new one that I actually just found. It's called Monte Cimo. They're above uh, the Baldo at 900 meters above sea level. Ooh. And they do peewee uh, wines. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we, we actually stocked the Sauvignon that they have. And it's so acidic, so great. I love it. Uh, they do a Muscaris, only Manium, mm-hmm. big bottle. Unpractical for us, but mm-hmm. I, would, I, I had it, uh, I think, last month. So good. Amazing. Amazing. So for everyone who doesn't know what peewee is, or if you're Googling it right now, stop your fingers because I'll tell you. It is hybrid varietals, which is um, basically more disease resistant. It's basically the the future of viticulture. And you may not think in Italy because Italy has such a resolute, wide, like all these indigenous varietals. But climate change, things are changing. More warm, humid conditions means more fungus, more things that we got to look out for. So peewee are hybrids. So basically Vitis vinifera um, crossed with another kind of rootstock. People no. should know more about these, these grapes, absolutely. I, they, they have such different flavor profiles as well. I, I love them. Absolutely. And they're very, um, hybrid grapes are big in America too now, especially in like Virginia and um, in New York State. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cornell University does a lot of research and they've created uh, quite a few. Types no of hybrids, idea. yeah, super interesting. Yeah, so cool. if you go to see, well, when I go to seats, I'll bring some hybrid great like wines back. Please, yeah, please, please. actually, just do a little shout out. I used to work, uh, no, I still work with them a little bit, just less so now that I'm in uh, Italy. I worked with a winery in Virginia named Lightwell Survey, and they did, um, they did mo- actually, they did a lot of uh, Vitis Vinefra and hybrid um, co ferments. Super awesome, super awesome stuff. So, I'm excited to see how that happens in Italy because it just was allowed in the PDO. Yeah, there's, there's, there are definitely s- several wineries now doing uh, peewee stuff. Um, some of them in Collio, you know, like uh, toward uh, Slovenia as well, and they're great things. Uh, but these guys, Montecimo, amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, super high altitude. Uh, if you go to their website, you see like all their, um, they have a beautiful shot of all their vineyards covered in snow. Uh, beautiful. And they're like right above the, the lake. So you have this beautiful shot. Amazing. That sounds amazing. I will when I get my car. But on that note, thank you so much, Raffaele. Um, uh, But if you want to find Raffaele, come to Verona, Archivio, Amaro. He will make you an Americano. Yes. And you can chill outside, have some time. Woo! Party! (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods.